Welcome back to the Metric Stack Podcast. Today, we're joined by Dave Kellogg, a man of many hats, advisor, director, consultant, angel investor, and blogger behind the well-known Kell blog. Dave's currently executive in residence at Balderton Capital and joins us today for a conversation about a metric called Cash Conversion Score. I'm Lauren Thibodeau, and I'm joined by my co-host, Clipfolio co-founder and CEO, Alan Villa. Big welcome to the show, Dave. All right. Thanks for having me. Dave, it's uh, super to have you on. So before we get into the details, let's set the stage. We're talking about cash conversion score. What's the context that we should be thinking about here? So I think the context is if you just wanted to try to get one number that said how efficiently a startup, if you view startups as organisms that convert venture capital into ARR, <laughs> and there's other things they do, but ultimately, right, uh, how efficiently do they do that? That, that to me, is the context. I have this picture of this sort of amoeba sort of, you know, gobbling up uh, cash and, you know, sort of excreting something else of value. So <laughs> venture capital goes in, ARR comes out. There's a lot of byproducts. Now, now cash conversion score. I've, I've also heard a similar metric uh, called capital efficiency. Um, is it the same? Is it different? Uh, you know, how does this one dial into something here? Yeah, there's, there's three related ones I've heard. One is cash conversion score. One is kind of capital consumption, which is the key bank metric. Uh, and the other one is one that Zora originally created called growth efficiency index. And I'd say they're all kind of struggling to get the same thing. The growth, the growth efficiency index is more like a CAC or magic number. So it's more of really a sales and marketing efficiency. So I'm going to put that one aside. But with the two that you will hear about, in my opinion, are either cash conversion score and this capital consumption. And for whatever reason, I love Bessemer as much as the next person. They always define metrics from my point of view, upside down. So some <laughs> people, when they say it, say how much venture capital went in divided by how much ARR you have. That is the more intuitive way to format it to me, right? It's almost kind of like an overall CAC, right? Like if you burned, how you know, so you say you burned $20 million to get 10 million in ARR, you would have a capital consumption ratio of two. Bessemer, for whatever reason, and, and they did this at one point with CAC originally as well. They, they define mm -hmm. it from my perspective upside down. So yeah. uh, it's the same thing, but sometimes it's the inverse of the other. And when you're talking about small numbers like 1.2 or 0.8, you, it's very important to know <laughs> which one's on top and which is on bottom. Perfect. So who should be looking at this metric and, and who shouldn't? So I think, I mean, look, I think investors look at it um, not super deeply, to be honest. I think investors tend to focus more on uh, what I call the leaky bucket metrics, uh, which is how much does it take, how much does it cost to pour a dollar of new ARR into the leaky bucket? And at what rate does ARR leak out of the leaky bucket? So the first order investor view to me is leaky bucket, but I think kind of is a second order metric. I mean, I do think investors ask questions like, well, how old is a company? Right. That, that's actually a very important metric, even though it's not hard to calculate. Uh, and uh, how much venture capital has gone in? I think this metric is potentially most dangerous when a company is pivoted. If you've raised $10 million, not got a lot to show for it, switch business strategies, and then start it again, well, you're going to look bad on this metric because you put 10 or maybe $20 million into plan A that didn't work. And, and now you're working on plan B. Uh, so I think this metric can work against you in that situation. So you need to watch it. All right. So let's, let's hold it there because we got to get into the math a little bit. Uh, what exactly is in this metric? How do you, cal how do you calculate it? 
Sure. So I'm going to speak about what I'll just call capital consumption ratio, which is one over the Bessemer cash conversion score. So the way you calculate it is you put the total capital you've consumed on top, which I view as how much you spent, right? You put capital consumed on top and you divide it by ending ARR, right? So at the end of this quarter, since this is the last day of the quarter, what was ending ARR? We'll take all the capital we've consumed. Just say we've consumed $50 million of capital and we've got $25 million in ARR. Therefore, our capital consumption ratio would be 2.0. I think to give you the, the precision on that, what does capital consumed mean? I did a blog post on this once where I talked about capital raise, and that can be misleading because a lot of companies, especially these days, might raise $100 million and not spend it all. So, so the way you calculate capital consumed is basically VC raised plus debt raised minus current cash balance. And that'll say how much cash since inception of the company has been consumed divided by how much ARR you have in effect to show for it. Yeah. And I think that's important. We were chatting before the show as well. We were wondering, you know, is this specifically to venture money in? Could it be lenders putting money in? And, and really it doesn't matter. What matters is how efficiently are you taking that capital that you've brought in and turning it into ARR? Exactly right. I mean, I mean, literally, I started, it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke, but it's a simple way to think of it. Startups or organisms that convert <laughs> venture capital to ARR, and how efficiently do you do that? And there's a lot of reasons to explain it. Sometimes you have a massive product investment up front if it's an infrastructure company. Sometimes there's not. If it's a simple, lightweight apps company built on an advanced platform, maybe there's not. So there are things we need to look at to interpret the metric, but to calculate it is pretty simple. Uh, how much did you spend and what do you got? So now it seems to me that this is a metric that is predominantly used by investors. They're sitting around on their Monday morning meeting and they're looking at this, at this metric for each of their portfolio companies. Is this also a metric that is being used by the founders and the executives as well, or is it changing? Yeah. So I, I personally think it's kind of a, a second order investment metric, right? They're going to look at first an ARR and ARR growth. Then they're going to look at the leaky bucket, net dollar retention and, you know, churn. Uh, and then they're going to say, wait a minute, to me, the third order is how old is this company and how much capital has it consumed life to date? So I do think investors look at it, but it's not the first thing they ask, but they get to it. And it matters because if it's off, it's going to be like a yellow flag and they're going to say, hey, we, we have to ask them how come they've three to one instead of what might be a more normal figure between one and two to one. So we, we you know, make a note, ask about that. Now, I think operators should care about it because investors care about it. And I think operators should care about it, particularly if they've done a pivot, because a pivot will make you look bad on this metric. Fantastic. So let's take that operator thread for a minute. So can you just give us a sense, Dave, like what, what does good look like here? What does great look like if you're an operator? Let's start with that. I, I, I think if anything less than one on capital consumption, like just say you, you raise 90 million and turned it into a hundred million, not you raised, sorry. You consumed 90 million uh, and you have a hundred million in ARR to show for it. That would be a 0.9 ratio. In my mind, that's epic. Like, like really, really good. I, I think the norm is between one and two, right? So, oh, you've raised, you've consumed 90 million and you now have 45 to show for it, well, that's two. You have 60 to show for it, well, that's 1.5. Those are all, in my mind, perfectly respectable. I think between two and four, it starts to get on the high side, where like, okay, wait a minute, you, you why did I have to pick 90? You've consumed 100 million, just to make the math <laughs> easier, and you have 25 to show for it, that's 4x, that's high. Because we think you know less than one is amazing, between one and two is good. You've got four. I don't think it's a deal killer, but I'm definitely going to ask about it. 
because I need to know why you have been so relatively inefficient. The other thing I'd say about this metric is it, it is in some ways an inception to date all in CAC ratio. That's the way to think of it, right? And and therefore it has to include the CAC. Like you can't be better on this than your average CAC, right? Because because your CAC is how much sales and marketing you spent to get a dollar of ARR. And this is basically how much everything you spent to get a dollar of ARR. So it, it's always going to be bigger. So if your CAC is like two, you're not going to have a capital consumption rate uh, of less than two. It's it, it's a, it would be a, a math error in my mind. So now it is it is a a very long term, and and I think you did say we were saying earlier that there's a there's a couple of stages, especially when you're pivoting, where the company get it can get itself into trouble, and maybe that's why it is why, why you're classifying it as sort of a second or third tier metric. Um, are there other metrics that we need to look at as well that give us a, a shorter picture or more context about what's what's happening in the here and now? I mean, look, because this is kind of an it's not kind of it is an inception to date metric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good at one level because, you know, I think a lot of startups, just say a startup bounces around before a long time and then hits the hockey stick. They kind of want to pretend that first period didn't happen, but but it did. <laughs> and if you look at the cap table, you'll see a lot of shares that got sold to fund all that effectively non-productive activity. And sometimes if that's bad enough, you have what investors would call a recap where they come in and say, well, all that work was really nothing. So we're going to do a pay to play refinancing. We're going to issue a billion shares, (laughs) right? You might have a few million shares outstanding. We're going to issue a massive number of shares at a really low price per share. But if you don't buy some, you effectively get washed out. And that's what that could be called a recap or it could be called a a kind of a pay to play financing round. But it's all this metric is very important in that because. All that money spent, if it really didn't add value, why do I want, if I'm a new investor, why do I want them to get a return on it? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think this metric is super important in financing because that, if you've had one of these long, you know, took me a while to find myself periods <laughs> and then take off, you're going to have a fundamental conflict between the people who've been in the A round forever and the new investors are like, fundamentally, you wasted all that money. You discovered plan B last year and, and we want to invest in the new business. And I don't particularly want to reward you for being in the old one. So I'm going to propose a financing structure where you need to put more money in. And if you do, great. And if you don't, you're going to get washed out. So I think that's why this metric, it's the number one reason this metric is important to me because it's for those companies because they're going to look bad on it. Now, to answer your question, VCs in general are about the future, right? So so they're going to look at the leaky bucket metrics and say, great, I understand you had you know Dave version 1.0 that didn't work out so well. <laughs> now we're Dave version 2.0. We'll talk about the cap table in a minute. But just tell me more about you know Dave 2.0. And if Dave 2.0 has you know a CAC of 0.9 and a capital consumption ratio since started the new plan of 1.3, I'm pretty excited. And I'm going to ask a lot of questions about are you sure you can sustain that? Right. But but if you convince me you can sustain that, you really are Dave 2.0, then that's going to be a very exciting business for me. Fantastic. And so let's talk about Dave 2.0, the operator running this great company. Uh, let's say your number's not where you want it to be or where you think it should be. What are some of the levers you can, like, why are some of the reasons beyond you had this flat line before hockey stick? What are some of the other things that can pull this metric down? And as an operator, what levers can you use uh, to get it in a better spot? Yeah, I mean, I think the three areas you need to look at, I mean, so so putting entirely aside, because we've covered it well, historical 
happenings. If we just kind of take a, a brand new company, let's just say, and they're noticing that they're running high on this, it, it's got to come out of really one of four buckets. Uh, the, the first is gross margin. So are you spending too much to support your service? So you get a hundred, you know, dollars of revenue, but it costs you 60 to, to serve that. And then your gross profit is only 40% or $40. That's a great way to burn <laughs> a ton of cash because the norm there is between 60 and 80, right? So um, the first place I'd look, I'm just going to kind of descend the P&L. The first place I would look would be at your cost of goods and your subscription gross margins. I'm Actually, your overall gross margins, because another great way to crush your gross margins is to give tons of free services away. <laughs> so, oh, the subscription looks great, but we've given away you know, $50,000 worth of PSO for zero, uh, that will hurt the gross margin. So the first place we look is at really gross, gross margin or gross profit. The second place I'm going to look is R&D because I expect this metric to not look good in the early days, right? Most startups, I don't know what the average is, but year or two in the garage, as we say, right? <laughs> Where it's just a development team building product. That's not good for this ratio, right? Because you have no ARR to show for it. It's not good short term. Obviously, it's great long term uh, if you build the right thing. But the, but so younger companies will look bad on this metric because of the historical R and D investment. And the more to me, it's a heavy lift. It's a platform. It's infrastructure. The, the worse it's going to right because you're going to have a bigger team working longer to create the technology. After that, then you you basically go to sales and marketing, which is, you know, is your sales and marketing efficient? And it, we've talked before, you know, the best metric there is the CAC ratio, which is how much you spend to get a dollar of new ARR in sales and marketing. And then the 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 last one, which is pretty rare in my experience is GNA. I've seen it once or twice where a company for whatever reason is spending like 40-50% of revenue on GNA and it's like, well, how does that happen? <laughs> but but it's another great way to burn cash. So, so normally I would expect to see somewhere between 10 and 25% on GNA, but 15 to 20 is the norm, I think. So, so th those are the places you need to look. So Dave, how does this, how does this metric come into play when we start looking at bootstrapped companies or companies that are organically grown? They don't have venture backing. So they're going to look really good on this metric, right? I'll give you a concrete example. When I ran host analytics, we did a lot of three-year prepaid deals, which is effectively financing from your customers. Right? Hey, you're going to spend a hundred bucks a year or whatever, a hundred thousand a year with Frost, fifty thousand a year on this software. If you buy three years in advance, I'll lock your price. So it'll give you 150 right now because otherwise it's going to cost 50, 60, and then 70. So I'm yeah, giving absolutely. the gap. But, but now I've just raised a hundred thousand dollars for my customers and capital that I get to invest in growing the business. Right? So that company is going to look really good because that capital isn't one of the things we're counting on the top. Right? It's not VC, it's not debt. But the two things we count on the top. It's not one of the two sources <laughs> on the top. It's neither VC nor debt. Right. So, and I'm still going to get to spend it to grow the business. Now, when I ran Host Analytics, believe it or not, that was not in fashion. People didn't like financing from your customers. Now, for as far as I can tell, no particular reason, everyone's like, ooh, what an amazing idea. Wait, <laughs> we can do longer term prepaid contracts, reduce churn, and get cash to grow the business. So, well, I mean that's that's a whole that's a whole different metric, right? The CAC the CAC payback period, right? So, yeah, well, that does. I mean, that also greatly influences the CAC payback period. You're correct because because uh, technically payback metrics are how long your cash is on the table, and, and if you calculate that on an ARR basis, it might be a long time. But if I'm paying two years up front, I, I'm going to cut it in half potentially. So I wonder if I wonder if this metric then is is really ideal for companies that are trying to grow fast. Uh, they've got a product or a platform sort of play. They need capital to get off the ground, and it really lends itself for those kind of situations where you've got a flat period and then you start growing. So look, I, I think that's definitely one use case, and in that case, it is a defensive metric, right? You're going to get 
challenged on it. It's not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. I think, let, let me just flip it over because we covered that case a lot. Bessemer, even though they defined it upside down, they did a very interesting regression of their portfolio companies. And they basically said that companies, and I'm going to use my benchmark numbers, not theirs, so I'm inverting it. Companies between two and four, right, who spend two to four times as much, to, to two to four dollars to get a dollar of ARR, their IRR in the Bessemer portfolio was 40%. Companies that spent between one and two X. So, you know, if I have 50 in ARR, I spent somewhere between 50 and 100 to get it. They have 80% IRR. And companies that spend less than one X, right? So if I have 50 in ARR, I spent 50 or less. They spent, uh, spent, meaning consumed 40 to get 50. So the ratio is 0.8. They have 120% IRR. So, so there is an angle that this is a predictor of your future trajectory. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you've mm-hmm. been in business for a while, just say you're at some scale, 10, 20, 30 million. So we're not still amortizing the product investment up front as much. Then I, you could use this offensively to see, you know, this company is very capital efficient. And it's been kind of shown that companies that are capital efficient early on t- tend to perform much better over the long term. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting to sort of think. Yeah. They were right. That's right. They have respect for capital. And it's interesting to think about this as you could either be in a defensive position or, you can use this offensively. Is this metric, if you are in a defensive position, can this metric, just like you know your churn rate, just like your annual growth rate, can this be a deal killer metric for future rounds? Yeah, I think so. And we're back to that same scenario. But it does happen a fair bit where- The, the recap- the recap scenario, because it, it's very, it's, sometimes it's not so black and white. I, I gave yeah. you a super simple example where we tried plan A, it didn't work. We spent $20 million to switch to plan B. In that case, new investors are really not going to want the old investors to get rewarded, right? That's all pretty cut and dry. They're like, well, that didn't work. So, so let's, let's recap the company and start again with plan B. And you can, you can come along for the ride, but I'm not going to reward that, you know, throw, throw my good money after your bat. So the problem is these scenarios are often very great. Right, it, it, life is not as black and white as I make it, and, and it's like, no, it wasn't a total waste of time because we created this great technology that is the core of the engine, and that's driving the plan B. Right, and, and yes, we made it by accident because we were trying to build one of these, but built one of those, and now you've got a no, no, no. It, without plan A, there wouldn't be a plan B. So, and ultimately, it's going to come down to if you can make an investor believe. It's a good investment on a go-forward basis, and then they won't really care as much. And this this metric will only come up in the context of where did that $30 million go? And your answer, has, my, my opinion, the right answer is that was Dave 1.0, we're Dave 2.0, look at it from this point forward. Now, the problem with that argument is it's going to encourage, well, let's, let's just wash these people out then. <laughs> so you're teeing yourself up for the washout round, and you just say, well, wait a minute, no, because we did get this great stuff from the wreckage <laughs> that we're carrying forward. But in the end, it's all going to come down to whatever term sheets the company gets. And if they're only term sheets that, that are kind of, you know, wash out or recap in nature, then, the, then they take one of those or they don't raise money. If they manage to convince somebody that, no, we should do a more normal looking round. And yes, we've burned a little too much capital to get where we are, but we shouldn't do anything radical because of that because we're on a great trajectory. Then, then you get a, you'll get a more normal term sheet, maybe not at quite the valuation you would have hoped. But yeah, these things are, they get gray fast and, and the gray cases are the hardest. Perfect. Dave, you mentioned a couple related metrics already and, and most recently IRR or internal rate of return. Are there other metrics related to this that you think folks should be aware of? You know, I think we covered the big ones. I, I like this metric. Personally, I, whatever it's worth, I like this metric. The, the other way, just for fun, when this metric gets too high, I'll just tell you my joke is that, that startups actually, they take VC and convert it into two things, ARR and hype. 
<laughs> and, and there's nothing else. And therefore, if you're inefficient at producing ARR, you should be producing lots of hype. And you will see some of the more hypey companies are very high on capital consumption ratio. And, and in my opinion, they're basically spending their dollars on generating hype and buzz, not on actually acquiring customers. I won't name names for the... No, no. I think we all know a, a whole... I, I mean, obviously, obviously, the companies that have created hype, we know them. Yeah. And some do it more efficiently than others. So the other way, the, the other fun way to look at this metric is if it's not becoming ARR, what's it becoming? And, and, and it's only tongue in cheek. I say, well, it's either ARR or hype. And uh, so now the other metrics, we've talked about the metrics that drive this, which I think are super important. And we've talked about the story that needs to go with this metric. So I, I think we've covered it pretty fully, to be honest. Dave, any last words of advice for our listeners? I just think, well, yes, sorry. Uh, I, I just think this is a metric to keep an eye on. You should look at your overall capital consumption efficiency because people are going to look at it. It's not the first thing they're going to ask about. But as with any metric, you the number matters, but the story matters more, right? You might have a very high CAC ratio of 2.5, but if you have an exceptional net dollar retention rate, then that's all fine, right? Because it costs us a dollar fifty to get a dollar, but that dollar in two years becomes $2.25, and in three years it becomes $3.35, right? Well, that's a good story. So, so to me, I always view this as matching the words and the music, if it were a song, <laughs> and, and kind of the, the music is the numbers in this case, and, and the words is the story. And, and ultimately, with any SaaS metric, including capital consumption or cash conversion score, um, it's all about making those two go together. Dave, thank you so much, uh, everybody. Dave Kellogg on Cash Conversion Score, on telling the story, on making the music match the number. Dave, thanks again. If you enjoyed today's conversation about metrics and data, be sure to check out Metric HQ, our online resource for the metrics that matter most to you and your business.